I don't know if you're aware of it, but last Sunday a new world record was set by a human being to break the sound barrier. Now what was interesting about this event was that the man was not in a jet or a rocket of any kind. Instead, he was lifted up into outer space by a helium balloon as he sat in a specially designed capsule. He was lifted up 24 miles above the Earth's surface. Now, if you look at this little chart here, off on the left side toward the bottom, there's a, a yellow box to indicate the height of Mount Everest and then the average height of a plane when it's at cruising altitude. This guy was three times higher than that. And then you know what he did? He simply jumped out of his capsule. Went into a free fall for 24 miles. Breaking the speed of sound. Traveling over 833 miles an hour. Finally to open his parachute and land safely on the ground in New Mexico. Now besides the obvious question of why would you do that? <laughs> I wonder what his day was like. 8 o'clock, take the kids to school. 8.15, pick up the cleaning from the cleaners. 10 o'clock, get launched into space and jump. 4 o'clock, pick up the kids from school. 5 o'clock, start dinner. I mean, what kind of a crazy day that must have been, right? Uh, do you ever have crazy days? Granted, not quite like this, but probably so. Uh, just take a view, a look at the kind of days that you have. Sometimes we say our days are really crazy. That is, they're just so busy. We have so much packed into them that we can't believe it. Even things that we haven't scheduled. You know, you get a phone call from a friend. Hey, can you come over for a little bit? I need some help. Or maybe you get that flat tire and you've got to deal with it, otherwise you're not going to be able to get to work tomorrow. So there are just some days that are really crazy and a lot of unexpected things happen. Well, then we have our routine days, right? Get up, go to work, come home, eat, watch TV, go to bed. Get up, go to work, <laughs> come home, right? It's a kind of routine days. And sometimes those days are okay, sometimes uh, maybe too routine. Well, then there are those days where just too much is going on. Maybe we can't handle it. Maybe we feel like we're going crazy. And we don't know what to do. We start forgetting things and just giving up things or asking others for help. Oh, just to go back to having a slow day again, huh? A day when we can handle it. Well, if you've had any kind of day like that, then this message is for you. Because it's a message that reminds us that every day has been designed by God. This month, our series of messages has followed the theme, Designed by God. We looked at how this whole world has been designed by Him. We looked at how our bodies have been fearfully and wonderfully made by Him. We were looking at Psalm 139, where the psalmist was extolling God for the beauty of creation and God's continued presence.
and support of that creation in our lives. And then he makes this little comment that we're going to look at today. All my days were written in your book and planned before a single one of them began. He's simply telling us every day of our life has been planned by God. So let's take a look at what that's like. But to understand it, let's take two views of one of our days. The first view is going to be a day without God. Now you might be thinking, well, you're probably referring to like an unbeliever, right? That God wouldn't have him in his life. No, I'm talking to Christians. Because I think there are times, there are days, when we segregate God out from our daily aspect. We don't put him into it. And so let's take a look at what that's like when we go through a day and we don't have our mind focused on God. The first thing we can say about that day is it's one that's self-designed. In other words, I've put it together. Now, maybe your schedule will look like that, where you, you, know, you get up and you go to work or you go to school. You might think, well, I really didn't design that. My boss did or my teachers did. No, that is a day that was self-designed. You did it. You say, no, I didn't. My boss told me when to show up. The principal told me when I have to come to school. But you have a choice. You don't have to go to work. You don't have to go to school, kids. Well, hang on a second. <laughs> but there will be consequences if you choose not to go to work or go to school. So you make the choice to design your day that you will go to work and go to school. And who knows, maybe you like going to work and going to school. So your choice is to go. Now, if you have the great career of being retired, you can see and understand a little more on how your day is perhaps self-designed. You have more freedom to do what you want. But even then, you have some obligations. There are other obligations that we all have in life. Things we have to do around the house. Certain things that uh, maybe we have to shop for or take care of. Uh, there are any number of things that come up and we have to do it. But you know, it's still all self-designed. Because we make the choice of what we want to do, when, and where. Even when it comes to things like hobbies or recreational activities, it's all up to us. And so it's very easy for us to look at our day and really admit it's one that we've designed ourselves. Because it's one that we have designed ourselves, then what usually happens is the focus is on ourself. Now here's what I mean by that. Let me share an example. The people of Israel, after they were released from their slavery, 400 some years in slavery in Egypt, are now set on a path by God to go to the promised land. He just released them from that slavery with 10 powerful plagues that broke the power of the Egyptians. He even got them safely away from the pursuing Egyptian army as he miraculously split the Red Sea so they could cross and get away. Now it was time for this journey to go to the Promised Land. But on that journey, they would experience some hardships. Lack of food, lack of water, some other dangers. Just going through the hot desert carrying a suitcase was no fun. 
And so what do they start to do? Complain. Complain that this God is no good who brought them out to this desert to die. Suggest that it would be better if they would just go back and live in the misery of slavery. They start to rebel against their leaders and come up with their own plan of really how life should be. Wow, what nervy people, huh? We would never do that. We never complain about our day, right? And what God has designed for us. We would never complain that we're not getting what we deserve to get. Oh, wait a minute. We do do that, don't we? And that's because we tend to focus on ourselves, the way we want things to be. Now, don't get me wrong. There's nothing really wrong with wanting your day to go a certain way. But if you don't submit to how God is directing the day, it's now a day without God. And if you have been edging God out of your day, then you're letting something else fill it, and that's sin. No, I don't mean to apply now that you're all living wicked lives, that you're all committing sorts of crimes and, and your heart is just filled with hatred toward other people, etc., etc. I just mean it's sin in the sense that you've separated yourself from God, that you don't want to go His way. You don't want to do what he wants you to do. And if you end up doing it, you're not doing it as he wants you to do. Like the Apostle Paul put it, the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave his life for me and now lives in me. No, we're all pretty much focused on my way, the self. And so when we push God out, we leave room for sin, and in fact do sin by excluding him. Have you ever had somebody ask you the question, so what's your day look like? Sure, people ask that question. And you might take a look at everything that's on your schedule and say, oh, you know, this is going to be a really busy day. I've got so much that I've got to do. Or maybe you look at your day and say, hey, it's great, I'm going to the dentist today. <laughs> or something other fun that happens, right? We tend to evaluate our day based on what's going on in it instead of who is controlling it, who has designed it. So the key is really for us to look at our day in a particular way. Is God in your day? Now, I don't just mean that there's prayer or that there's reading the scripture. Those are all good things to do, by the way, and I hope you do them. But more than that, do you see that God is the one who has designed your day and that everything is going according to his will? Felix uh, Baumgartner, the guy who jumped that 24 miles above the uh, Earth's surface, had an interesting perspective when he landed. He said, you know, sometimes we tend to think pretty much of ourselves, but if we could all just really get high, yeah, like we're all going to get up and down our space, right? If, but if we would all just get real high and look down and realize how small we are, 
that really puts it in perspective. In other words, it's not all about us. While God is very much focused on us, He has also painted a larger picture, and we're part of it. To view our day in the right way means to recognize that our time is a time of grace. It's a gift from God. Not just that we have life, but how we live that life. What's the reason we can sing with such confidence that despite the sea billows and everything else that may happen in life, that things are well, that we can live in peace? That's what happens when you view your day as one that's been designed by God. That's exactly what the psalmist said. All of my days have been planned and were written in your book even before they began. In the NIV Bible, they use the word ordained. All of my days have been ordained. Well, the word planned and ordained comes from a Hebrew word that was used to describe the work of a potter. What he was simply saying is that every day has been formed and fashioned and framed by God. A potter simply applies some pressure from the outside. He gently squeezes that clay into a shape that he already had pre-planned. Sometimes he may have to add something to it. Sometimes he may have to cut things out from it. Sometimes he may have to apply a little more pressure and pushing than at other times. He may have to put some water on it to soften it. Or he may have to let it dry and set for a little while so it becomes hard so it has that form that he wants. He may even put it then into a fiery furnace so that it becomes set in that shape. That's what the psalmist is saying God does with our life, with every day of it. It's pre-planned. It's written in a book so that it's fixed. It's not going to change, and God has it all framed out so that only what he wants to enter into that day is what will enter it. And he uses his grace to soften and to shape it, and his love, sometimes his tough love, to make it hard and to make it set. It's that picture of a potter simply shaping the clay. That's how God fashions our day. He does so with a purpose in mind. The Apostle Paul reminds us of that when he writes, for we are God's handiwork, his craftsmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So every day has been planned and set, fashioned and framed by God, so it will all work according to his will. Now, for you and me, we don't see that in advance. We only see it as it unfolds. And that's okay. <laughs> because I think if we saw in advance some of the things that would happen, we'd probably get very fearful. We would maybe even begin to doubt God's goodness. And, oh my goodness, we might complain. But by not knowing, God is simply building in us a spirit to trust him. Now, 
during this process, we can be sure that God's will is going on, both his prescriptive and his permissive will. By prescriptive, I mean those things that God wants to happen, he makes happen. But there's also his permissive will, where things that are evil or sinful, and God does not ordain those things, but he will allow them to happen. He takes them into consideration of his plan, but only for our good. As Joseph from the Old Testament, who went through many hardships in his own life, exclaimed, What man intended for evil, God intended for good. And so we can be sure then, as we go along each moment of our day, God just keeps dropping in blessing after blessing. So our day will be filled with blessings. The psalmist remarks, The eyes of all look to you, O Lord, and you give them their meat in due season. You open your hand and satisfy the desires of every living thing. We know then that God will meet all of our physical needs and wants. He surrounds us also with people who love and care for us. The Apostle Paul reminds us that we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ. And so we lack nothing. And we are reminded from this, that God has a purpose for all of those blessings in our life. Now we need to simply open up our eyes and our hearts to see God's hand, how he is blessing us, and and how he wants us now to live our life. We can live it the way he has designed it, to be focused on eternity. For you see, before God even created this world, he had your eternity in mind. He knew that this world would rebel against him. He knew that we would live self-focused lives and push him out. But God loved us so much that he wanted to save us from those self-destructive ways. So he designed a plan to send his own son into the world, to live day after day the way we do, except without sin, to live every day of his life in perfect obedience to God, so that there is an obedience that God gives to us through faith in Christ. And one day that perfect son would lay down his life to suffer the wrath of God for all of our sins, so that we would never experience his day of wrath. And three days later, he would take up his life again to assure us that we too will have that great day of resurrection, that we will live forever as he he does. But God wasn't done yet. His plan goes on and includes you. He knew that at some day in your life you would hear his word of truth and his spirit would come into your heart and convince you and trust you in his plan to save you. His plan continues as he wants you to stay in that saving faith and he nurtures you in that faith and now has a plan to use you to proclaim that faith to others. That's the day that God has designed. You're in his hands. You're in Jesus. And so you are set in a direction for eternity.
A few minutes ago, we heard this passage from our scripture reading. Today, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Today is that day of salvation. Today is that day of grace. Listen to his voice. Don't ignore the opportunities to have your faith strengthened, to have your life directed by his grace. Don't harden your heart to what you hear. Don't live in rebellious disobedience to his will. But rather, let that grace come into your heart and soften it and give it life so that you know what God's will is for you, his good and gracious will. Now, sometimes we may view our day and say, you know, we've had a bad day. Or if we know it's going to be a bad day, we kind of know that there are certain things that we need to do to make the day better. Here's a real simple vitamin to take for a good day. Put God in that day. And then you'll see your day work out better. This summer we did a Bible class and I entitled it, Every Day is a Great Day with God. And I used the word God as an acronym to refer to his grace. Every day see how God loves you unconditionally and how he forgives you all of your sins because of Jesus. Every day remark on his oversight of your life how he provides everything you need and see the direction that he gives you. Open your heart to see that God just doesn't sprinkle those blessings or water them a little bit, but that he floods your life with that grace and oversight and direction. And then you can say with the psalmist, my cup overflows. That's how every day becomes a great day when we realize it's been designed by God. Amen.